We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show. LeBron James is a bad, bad man. Dropping 50 points on the Wizards. Welcome back, Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Here's 50 on you. Joining me is Sean Davis to help discuss this game. Chat coming in from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, of course. We always welcome you in as well. Sean, it feels good. It feels good. We were just saying on our last LakersNation.com podcast that it's been a while since the Lakers have had kind of a blowout victory. This was at least close through certain parts of the fourth quarter, but the Lakers ultimately cruise down the stretch. There were no nervous moments in the final couple of minutes. LeBron James powers them through. This is a fun game. Yeah, it was so fun to watch and, and to talk through with a lot of you guys who are coming in from our last place. But uh, a big part of that, I mean, obviously, outside of LeBron James, just going insane in that second half. What do you say, 33 points in the second mm-hmm. half? Uh, but also the defensive energy and effort level. Uh, we saw it a little bit in that third, a lot in that third quarter where they outscored the Wizards by 14. And then those last eight minutes are like, well, it was like an eight-minute stretch. So you call the timeout when you get it down to two. And then from that point on to pretty much when LeBron checked out after he scored 50, that stretch right there sealed it. And again, LeBron was great, but some other things as well, the defensive intensity level, and then some off-ball cutting, THT, like, just dunked on coups as well. So this was a fun game all around. I thought, and that that's a key, the defensive intensity, the, the attention to detail on the defensive end of the floor. Now, I will say mm-hmm. that there were a few times where the Wizards got open looks and didn't burn the Lakers. The Lakers made a mistake yep. on defense, and the Wizards did not punish them for it. The best teams will. And that's And that's what makes them good. That's what makes the best teams the best teams is they will recognize every single time you make a mistake and they'll punish you for it. The Wizards are not that. But I'll also say that we saw a number of times in this game, and Sean, you and I were talking about it on our, on our live stream during the game, where the Lakers made the extra effort on the defensive end. How many times did a secondary defender come sliding over at the last minute or somebody make the right read on the offensive, on the defensive end of the floor? Uh, Austin Reeves mm-hmm. coming over to challenge Kristaps Porzingis, yeah, who's that's... a foot taller than him. I thought overall the attention to detail on the defensive end of the floor was huge for the Lakers tonight. Yeah, that was, and, and as soon as he brought up, the Lakers uh, having a second, third player rotate and slide over. That's the first play that popped into my mind because like that is a championship caliber play. And again, the Lakers are very entitled contention right now. We'd be lying to ourselves if we if they if we said they were. But Austin Reeves made a chance. That is a championship level play on his behalf. He has a he's a winner. He played in the NCAA tournament last mm-hmm. season with Oklahoma. And like th- this is the reason why we love Austin Reeves so much because again he sacrificed his body because again he could have been dunked on or whatever, but because Kristaps is seven three he's what six three six four at best six, maybe well, he's six, listed five. at six five but sure yeah yeah so, so like he's he's a foot taller than him but he put his body on the line and that was 
kind of this like that was a big part. Um, I think because then LeBron, you're up 11. I'm, I'm looking at the play by play, right? You're up 11. Then LeBron goes and hits the tough fadeaway jumper. And then LeBron kind of goes on his ridiculous streak. But that's really the game because if they get that that dunk look, probably could have been if Reese didn't slide over. Now it's back to a single digit game. And maybe LeBron still hits that jumper, but they have some level of optimism uh, going to the last, what was LeBron, three minutes or so left in the game. I want to get into, and you're right about all that, I want to get into some of the stats here just to kind of run things down. In his return game, or revenge game, if you will, Kyle Kuzma, uh, 23 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, did have 4 turnovers, but 9 of 18 shooting, 3 of 9 from the free throw line, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Thanks, Kuz. Thank you, Kyle Kuzma. Thanks, At least man. gave the Lakers a little bit of a break there. Uh, then Contavious Caldwell-Pope, one for six. Not the best shooting night for him, and he was a minus 16 on the night. Only four points for KCP, so not much of a revenge game from either one of those guys. Kristaps Porzingis had 14 and four, 14 and 14, 14 points, 14 rebounds, but just three for 13 shooting. Corey Kispert, meanwhile, the rookie, 21 points, 5 of 11 from deep. For him, we know he's a shooter. And then on the Lakers side of things, of course, LeBron, 57 boards, 6 assists. Take that, Skip. LeBron still gets 6 assists while dropping 50 points. 18 of 25 shooting. How's that for efficiency? 6 for 9 from 3, which is very nice. 8 of 8 from the free throw line. LeBron's even hitting his free throws in this one. And then chipping in, Malik Monk. I predicted it before the game. Says this is my next man up, and he came he out did. and dropped 21 points, three boards, four assists. I thought in particular Monk attacking the basket changed the defense for the Wizards. Changed what they were yeah. thinking and created openings down the stretch. Eight for 12 shooting for him. Five for seven from Malik Monk. And then you got 15 off the bench from Taylor Horton Tucker. Along with five boards, two steals, three assists, seven for 16 shooting. You notice there is one guy whose name I did not mention. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But right now we're talking about positives. So I'm not getting to Mr. Westbrook just yet. LeBron James, 50 points. Obviously. Obviously. The 360 award winner in this one. Very clearly. Um, why, 50 points, 37 years old. I don't know what this is going to mean for his knee moving forward or any of that. But... This is just another example of how ridiculously good LeBron is. I also think it matters when LeBron's fired up and LeBron's bought in, which maybe we can't expect every single night on a 37-year-old with that kind of mileage. But when he's yeah. bought in, the rest of the team follows. I think the defensive effort, the intensity we saw was in large part because LeBron was so locked in, particularly in that second half. Yeah, let's just hope the Lakers get out of L.A. on time and there's no delay this time around because <laughs> right. they play have a rather shorter turnaround. They play in a little, actually, maybe like 40 hours or not 40, like 44 hours or so from now in Phoenix on Sunday night. Um, have you ever taken the yeah. flight from L.A. to Phoenix before? I mean, I get it's a short distance, but still, you don't want to delay. <laughs> the flight from LA to Phoenix, like once you you go up, and the second you get to that like top altitude, <laughs> you just start, you start going right back down. That's the flight from LA to like it's it's short. It's a it's a short flight. True, I can, I can tell you that. So true, but like that helps. The the flight to San Antonio can't be that long either. No, I mean, not as it's longer. It's I mean, yeah, it's longer, but I mean, it's maybe thirty minutes longer. Yeah. I'm basically saying like, yeah. hopefully, there's no delay or whatever. They get out of there, just get get to phoenix so lebron can play on sunday and let's and let's be honest too like just getting on the plane the pressure changes when you go up there so that that can have an impact too and i think that was really what what caused lebron to miss that game against the spurs it was you get on the plane you have that delay and everything and all that then you're in the air things don't feel good if you've ever sprained an ankle and then flown like it yeah it messes with you so hopefully lebron's okay for for this one in phoenix but again this was a fantastic fantastic win for uh, for the Lakers on a great game from LeBron James. Another one where we can say, look, anybody who's saying LeBron is washed, he just dropped 50, what, about a week after dropping 56? Incredible stuff from him. Or for the Trey, or for the really weird Trey LeBron thing, like, he just dropped 56 last Sunday, and he just dropped 50 tonight. Um, just, LeBron's insane. <laughs> In the two of his last three games he's played, he's dropped 50-plus, and he's 37 years old. Incredible. 
So incredible. Yeah. Oh no. Somebody said master lock Kyle Kuzma just for nostalgia's sake. <laughs> Kuzma was the recipient of a few master locks last season. That, that did indeed happen. Just a few. Just a few. Okay. Let me get into some of the super chats. We're coming in. Kai uh, from Singapore. Welcome in from Singapore said Lakers winning formula equals bench Russell Westbrook. Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I'm going to hold off on the Westbrook talk. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, Brandon Lynn. It really takes a LeBron 50 bomb to win now. P.S. I love the show. We were hearing the same thing when LeBron dropped 56. Oh my God. This is what it takes. I think they could have won without LeBron dropping 50, but only if LeBron's energy level was high. Again, if mm-hmm. LeBron had the energy up and the rest of the team did too, as a result, you could still win this game without him dropping 50. But it's a little bit easier when LeBron's hitting ridiculous fadeaway jump shots. I mean, how many times was Kyle Kuzma defending LeBron and did everything you possibly can do and LeBron still hit the shot over him? How Kyle Kuzma's going to be having LeBron James nightmares tonight. Yeah, oh my gosh. Some of the shots, I mean, the shot he had for 50, I think it was THT quick handoff and LeBron just shoots it immediately and the net does not move. <laughs> Literally. Um, just how, how hot he was tonight, what was incredible. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think if LeBron had dropped 25, for example, but his energy level was the same, mm-hmm. I, I still think the Lakers win. Because also you have to imagine some of those points are going to other players. Sure. Like may, maybe Malik Monk scores a little bit more. He had 21 points. So I'm sure we're going to talk about him. Um, maybe Melo gets a little bit going a little bit better. Uh, Maybe Russ. Maybe Russ doesn't have five points. So those points are likely going to be evenly distributed to other players. But I think it was just the effort more so than LeBron. Just the energy they played with is so infectious from a guy who's a top three player in the in the NBA and your best player. And when they bring that effort and energy level, I mean, the rest of the guys are going to follow suit. Dan the Man 1689 says, my therapist is glad they won too. <laughs> that's That's how the season has gone. That that we're we're at that point where we needed we've needed group therapy sessions for the Lakers this season. Uh, Love Lamar said Wenyan has to get minutes. Young guys and LeBron is fire. He was so good tonight. Let's talk a little Wenyan Gabriel. Thirteen minutes, two for five shooting. One of those was a three. Four boards, four fouls in thirteen minutes, five points. Why are we raving about Wenyan Gabriel if the stat line is five points, four boards, and two of five shooting? Well, the easy answer is, I mean, just go back to his introductory interview or whatever they did as presser. He said, in the way he described himself, solid defender, can space the floor a little bit, is effort. And that is what we saw from Winnie Gabriel tonight. And Trevor, we were doing our play-by-play live stream, which we had a ton of fun, by the way. Appreciate everybody that tuned out. Um, But we were even, like, tossing around an idea of just winning close. Like, that's the impact Mm -hmm. he was having. He was setting nice screens. I mean, there was a couple of times that if you guys were watching with us, I was screaming from the cut uh, baseline. But, I mean, outside of that, man, he could space the floor, good defender, um, made, made a ton of effort plays. And I, I'm really pleased with the way he played. And um, I said on the podcast yesterday, I wouldn't mind if he came back as like an end of a rotation guy who's just going to sell out. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really pleased with the way he played tonight. And it's obvious why we're raving about him. Yeah, I think that a lot of what he does – doesn't show up in the stat sheet and this is not mm-hmm. this is not hey when gabriel's the next big thing this guy's gonna solve no, all this. No, no this is just you found a guy who maybe can come in and play some minutes every once in a while and give you a spark on a championship mm-hmm. team is he playing much no but you kind of need guys like him you need guys like him on your bench that you can just plug in there and you know he's gonna go and give everything he's got he's gonna hustle he's gonna fight for some rebounds maybe he throws down a dunk he can at least spot up from the corner three and knock that in mm-hmm. pretty decent looking shot from that corner three too so i like him i like him i think that he's he could be a rotation player on a good team could be not talking mm-hmm. about major minutes i'm talking about a guy who you can turn to solid 10, 10 minutes. minutes or so yeah. yeah something like that and that's fine you need those guys so if the lakers have found something mm-hmm. with him great Let's take the remainder of the season and find out for sure what they've got. But so far, so good. One thing that's kind of interesting to me, Trevor, and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. The Lakers, Avery Bradley wasn't a scratch, right? Like he was cleared to play, correct? Or am I missing something there? I did not see him on the injury report. Uh, Frank Vogel how didn't you, mention anything pregame about him either. How do you feel about like kind of this being the newer rotation? 
Now, I think there will be games, and we were kind of clamoring for it a little bit tonight on the on the play-by-play stream, that Dwight should have gotten some minutes. I'm sure the chat mm-hmm. is going to be a little vocal yep. about why their thoughts on him. But how do you feel about this kind of newer, shorter rotation and when Anthony Davis gets back? like, What are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the shorter rotation. Uh, we've talked about this. I think the Lakers need to do what they can to get wins right now. Um, I'm not giving up on the season. I'm not Frank Vogel either. Frank Vogel had a quote that upset some Lakers fans saying that um, they are still a team that can get hot heading into the playoffs and all that kind of stuff and can finish strong. I mean, look, tonight's game looked great, but um, but I, I think that you go out there. You don't have a pick to tank for. Might as well. Go out there. Leave it, leave it all on the floor. Go try to win as many basketball games as you can right now. And so if that means tinkering with the lineup, shortening the lineup, making it just a nine-man rotation and all the veterans, sorry. you. I mean, look at look at the guys who did not play tonight. Ariza, Bazemore, Dwight, Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington. The above 30 crowd did not get into the game from and, the bench, except for Carmelo and this Anthony. Might, well, okay, and, DJ Augustine too. Sorry, I keep interrupting. DJ you. Augustine. No, 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 you're good, you're good. I mean, and Melo, again, has been one of the few bright spots from the veteran signings that you made. And this might be a bold take, and I know a lot of people are not going to like this take, but I fully, fully believe that film does not lie. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard, I mean, he's been he's been fine. Like, he's definitely been a better player than DeAndre Jordan, but Dwight Howard has not been just great. Like, and I know a lot of the things people are going to say, well, you need him on the floor because you're rebounding. You're not rebounding well with him on the floor, whether it's AD on the floor, mm-hmm. whatever. You're not rebounding well anyway. And when he's on the floor, teams are just going to attack him and switch on. The Lakes are already switching everything, right? Uh, so they're just going to attack him with it if you switch everything. If you go drop, which is pretty much the only other coverage, pick and roll coverage, you can really run because the NBA runs a lot of pick and rolls. So or just ball screen heavy uh, offense. If you do that and have him in drop, teams are just going to go pick and pop on you. And the Lakers' weak side rotations just unfortunately aren't good enough to where you can say, okay, Dwight, we'll go drop even if they pop because we can trust our weak side rotation to get there. Dwight, has it been good enough for you for you to go and for everybody to say, oh, Dwight needs 25 minutes. Why is he not there? Like, If you're not rebounding well with him on the floor and he's just going to get attacked in ball screen situations – I, I don't personally see the problem, Trev. I'm curious what your thoughts are, but I don't see the problem with Dwight not playing heavy minutes or playing at all tonight. I, I thought there were moments where Dwight could yeah. have played, particularly with Daniel Gafford on the floor. You could have used him there. I thought there were some some times where you would have you know Carmelo Anthony trying to defend Gafford when the situation to me was screaming for Dwight. I would have played him some minutes. I wouldn't have played him yeah. a lot of minutes, but I would have played him some minutes tonight. I, I felt like there were times where he needed to be out there um, just to, you know, maybe play 10 minutes in this game. That would have been just fine. Yeah, that's fine. But like for people saying he needs to play like 20, 25 minutes, no. that is where I'm like, no, I, I heavily disagree with that. Uh, Fabio said, probably flipped his hair and typed this one. Uh, LeBron with another masterclass. But Trevor, I can't stop thinking about how we would look if we kept KCP and Kuzma with Alex Caruso, of course. I know, I know uh, that we've, uh, we've moved on from that, but yeah, the, the Lakers would have had a lot more versatility. That's for sure. But then again, it, it helps a little bit that KCP and Kuzma weren't great in this game. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Alan Joseph was at the game. LeBron did it because Kanye was there. All right. Maybe that was what fired him up. huh? Timothy Lovas <laughs> said, what was different was LeBron's knee made him dominant. Oh, what was different with LeBron's knee that made him dominant? He didn't travel. He said that was the problem before with his knee heading into San Antonio was he was traveling. Like when he's flying on a plane, it bugs his knee, which isn't great because Lakers have a lot of away games coming up. But that was apparently what really bothered him um, when he missed the game against San Antonio. Uh, James Bell, at this point, I'm probably just saying, uh, saying Westbrook, stay home, start THT just to see how that looks for next season. Okay, deep breath. Is it time? It's time. It's time. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook's night. And I do want to preface this by saying that Russell Westbrook was good last game against the Rockets. He had 30 points. That's a team you would expect Russ to be good against, right? Because they have no interior presence. They, They can't stop people. So Russell Westbrook had a good game against the Rockets tonight. Russell Westbrook, two for 11 shooting. 
0 for 1 from 3, 1 of 4 from the free throw line, 9 assists, that's nice, 1 steal, yeah. 1 block, 1 turnover, 5 points, 31 minutes, did not close out the game. Frank Vogel made the correct decision to not the bring Russell Westbrook back into this game. So what do we take away from, from this, this performance by Russell Westbrook? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was one of his – it was a bad Russell Westbrook uh-huh. game. Um, you look at the stats, you see nine assists, one turnover. I mean, I guess you could applaud him in that department. But Frank Vogel made the right decision. I think that's where you started. Russ got beat defensively. I, I, I just don't think he brought the same level of – or just the attention – I don't want to praise this. The awareness defensively and the attention to detail defensively um, that some of these other guys did. Like that first quarter – even even though the stat sheet and the scoreboard, I mean, the Lakers were locked in that first quarter defensively, and it got a little away from that second. But again, the first, third, and fourth quarter, for the most part, I thought the Lakers were really bought in defensively. Besides Russell Westbrook, I don't think Russ had the same attention to detail and defensive awareness and presence that some of the other guys had. I mean, hey, even DJ Augustine, who is a shorter guard, I feel like he was he was locked in. He was providing his best effort. And I think that's why Frank Vogel made the correct decision to bench Russ mm-hmm. uh, for the last, what was it, seven or so minutes in the game um, and went with the closing lineup with uh, Monk, Reeves, Stanley, LeBron, and THT. I thought Frank Vogel did the right decision there. Um, I'm not here. I'm not going to bash rush Russ. Um, it, was one of, it wasn't a good performance by him. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's where I stand on his performance tonight. The chat letting me know that Stu and Billy Mack – announced that Dwight Howard was uh, unavailable for this game due to injury. That makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot, that makes a lot more sense. sense. We didn't, he was not on the pregame injury report and we were doing, we were doing our own broadcast during the game. And so that explains why we would have missed that. And then that makes a lot more sense. Why Dwight was not in there and why they were turning to when yep. Gabriel uh, Fabio with a super chat. Thank you so much. Said nothing to say, just supporting the show. Thanks, Trevor, for doing what you do. Thank you, man. I, I, I truly, it. truly do appreciate that. All right. Um, Russell Westbrook. When I look at this performance from Russ, I'm not going to hold it against him too much. It was a bad night. Everybody has bad nights. Mm-hmm. Has, has Russ had too many bad nights for the league? Yeah, he's had a lot of bad nights. He also, though, is coming off of a good night. I, I don't want to get too locked into, too captured by the moment, right? If we get captured by the moment, then... Last game, we're going berserk talking about how great Russell Westbrook is. This game, mm-hmm. we're saying he can never be played again. I don't think either of those things are true. Hopefully, next game, Russ will be better. I liked, though, that Frank Vogel had the gumption to just bench him. Just, I mean, it was clear. It was clear as day that if you wanted to win this game, Russ didn't have it. Leave him on the bench, and you'll get the win. And that's that's what he did. That's what he did. It was the mm-hmm. right decision. Russell Westbrook, I don't know what he's going to say post-game, but he can't argue. You can't argue with this. He didn't have a good game. It happens. Let's have a better game next time. That's it. Yeah. And to go on to your point about like being in the moment or whatever, I think that's just a part of fandom, unfortunately, mm-hmm. where we want to react to every play or every quarter of every game or whatever and and like just use that as a premise. No, like... 
Russ wasn't good this game, right? But like you said, like he was really good last mm-hmm. game. So if we were in to go come out of the last game, we could have been saying, oh, well, Russell Westbrook, top five point guard. We wanted to overreact, right? Or tonight, Casale Russ is not even a starting point guard. Like that's what some Russell Westbrook haters may say, right? Let's, let's think long term here and like not be so trapped in the moment. Because, um, yeah, Russ, again, he wasn't good tonight. And you can make an argument he hasn't been good for most of the season, but, like, let's not blow it out of proportion, I feel. I've got a lot of people in the chat saying Russ hasn't been good all season. Look, there's, it's it's been more fair. bad than good. That's that's totally yeah. fair. But, again, I, I look at it this, like this. Is tonight, was tonight's performance just what Russell Westbrook is? Are we just, should we just expect this from him every single night? If that's the case, then those of you who are saying send him home, yeah, so you would help the team. If if this is simply who he is, but I don't believe that. I don't believe he's this bad. Two for eleven. He again, it was a very bad night. He hasn't been good all season, but is he really this bad? No, he's not. He's not. That's just not realistic. So again, that's where I'm able to say, especially coming off of a strong performance, I think we can say. It was a bad night for him. It hasn't been a great season, but this was a particularly bad game. And fortunately, Frank Vogel didn't push it, didn't try to go back to him, did what he needed to do to win the game, even though Westbrook was not good in this one. Let's, LeBron has had some bad games recently. It happens. The Rockets game. It had, LeBron was not good in the Rockets game. And now he comes back and drops 50. It happens. Players have bad games. I think Russ is better than this. Hasn't been good on the season, but he's better than what we saw tonight. Unfortunately, the Lakers made the right decision as a team to get the win mm-hmm. despite that. Also, shout out to Frank. So Frank Vogel had a statement in the uh, post game. Uh-huh. He basically added that uh, he was talking about Russell Westbrook and he's credited him for having nine assists and one turnovers from the Lakers Nation official Twitter page. Vogel also added that him not the Russ not closing the game just had to do with the young guys playing really, really well during that stretch. So he stuck with them. And that, as we just said, that was the right decision mm-hmm. by Frank, uh, closing with the guys that got that were playing really well. And so, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that decision. I have no criticisms on that part from Frank Vogel. Um, I have got a lot of people in the chat that have been asking about Kendrick Nunn. If there's an update, we did ask Frank Vogel before the game tonight if there was an update. We asked both for Anthony Davis and for Kendrick Nunn. Either, any update on either of them? Frank Vogel said no on both counts. No update so far on Kendrick Nunn. No update on Anthony Davis. Remember, the last thing we heard is that the Lakers were hoping that Kendrick Nunn could play by the end of March. That was the last update with any kind of a timeline in it. So, maybe a few weeks from Kendrick Nunn playing? Maybe? But one little setback and his season is over because we're so late in the season. I'm just going to approach it as though he's not going to play this season. And if he does, great. It'll be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm writing off this season for Kendrick Dunn at this point. If he shows up, great. I don't think it would make too much sense for Nunn to play anyway because especially if he tries to you know, just, just get back in there or whatever, he already pretty much has his contract secure next season. So why risk anything? You know, it, the Lakers are likely not title contenders. Uh, maybe maybe you can make a run in the postseason or whatever. But uh, if the Lakers go on a run, but if I'm Kendrick Nunn, I'm not risking anything. You you have you have a contract pretty much guaranteed for next season, whether you're, whether you're a Laker or traded. So I'm not risking much. So again, I'm at the same mindset. I do not expect Kendrick Nunn to play this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got some people in chat that are mentioning that you know Kendrick Nunn. He's finessing the Lakers. They're saying, I-, "I wish I could get paid five million dollars to do he to do want nothing." To do this, no. Kendrick Dunn. Kendrick Dunn wanted to ball out this season, opt out, and hit free agency. This is yeah. not ideal for him. This is not what he wanted. He wants to be on the floor. He's not trying to be hurt here. It's not. It's not his fault. It's not the player's fault that he's hurt. It happens. Is it weird that a bone bruise has taken this long? Has knocked him out the entire season? Absolutely, yeah. but. I guarantee you, Kendrick Nunn is more frustrated than any, than any of the fans are. Kendrick Nunn badly wanted to be on the floor and hasn't been able to. And it's strange that a bone bruise has done this, but I mean, the Lakers have a, a great medical staff. If he could be on the floor right now, he would be. He would be. Yeah, and again, like, he could have gotten paid 
at least, I mean, you can make an argument, maybe even like a full mid-level exception if he had played well. He was the starting point guard for the mm-hmm. Heat, undrafted, when they went to the NBA Finals and lost the Lakers. He was the starting point guard for a large majority of that season. He even started from last season as well. So he wants to play um, from a, even a financial standpoint, not even as just a competitor and an athlete. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this t- none is not finessing the Lakers. He wants to be on the floor. Um, I mean, I don't want to speak for guys, but I, I, I think we can assume that Kendrick Nunn wants to play. <laughs> All right, we've got a topic here we need to get into. Vector Nova with a super chat said, I'm a fan of THT and overall he had a good game tonight. My biggest pet peeve about his offense is his cutting. Someone with his finishing ability should be looking to cut. He did it tonight and chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, look, and it wasn't even just THT. We need to talk about the cutting. The Lakers made a conscious effort to cut off ball, particularly we saw that action with, with Malik Monk when he got going driving to the basket. And they took advantage of Monk's passing ability and his vision. And it was great. It was like, we've been looking for this. Now, the Wizards are not a good team. We should notice, we should, you know, mention that. But finally, we saw some players making the secondary cut off ball after off of a drive. And it worked. And they got open looks. They got dunks. They got all of that stuff. And THT certainly was involved in that stuff as well. I just hope they build upon this. Take that. Learn from the success that you got from this game with that cutting and continue to do it. Let's make that habit. Constant. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I was really, man, we were really clamoring for some cuts. And again, mm-hmm. um, when, this just shows in the, the, the myth that the Lakers kind of play with that. Okay. LeBron or, or somebody's posting up or they're going ISO. Let's just stand around. no, and I, I'm, we're going to get to Malik Monk. He deserves a whole segment to himself. That's how good he was tonight. But THT had a great game. That's how he got the dunk, if I remember correctly. Monk, no, he. that's how he got the open layup. But his ability to attack the basket, I've always thought his finishing ability is one of my favorite parts of his game. Um, he's a really underrated finisher around the basket. If he could just get, uh, be able to use both his hands and hopefully Phil Handy can maybe work with him on that in the offseason. But... THC's a really nice player. I've been rather supportive of him this season, although a lot of Lakers Nation fans have uh, been calling for him to be traded or not playing. Or I mean, I think he's gotten a lot of the master locks from our fans. But um, he had a really good game tonight, and I hope this, uh, this becomes a constant effort, not only from THT, but from the rest of the Lakers, that, oh, hey, this cutting thing works. And not even, and really quickly, even if you don't get the layup mm-hmm. or the first or an easy bucket off the first cut what's going to happen like let, all right, let's let's play hypothetical here right let's say it's lakers are spread out with the closing lineup it's all five out across the floor lebron's on the wing monk's right next to him in the corner lebron sizes his dudes up monk cuts back door lebron finds him and now monk has an open lane at the basket or maybe he doesn't and another player trail or cuts right behind him and that's how lebron gets a lot of his dunks Let's say THT cuts right behind that from the opposite wing. You get a dunk because the defense has to react to the first mm-hmm. cut, which can open up another cut and a dunk. So, see, this cutting thing, guys, actually works. Maybe the Lakers can do that more often. I'd certainly love to love to see it. And THT did have one of, one of no, I don't think it's the dunk of the season, but one of the dunks of the season, probably ah. his dunk, a best dunk of the season. And it was on Kyle Kuzma. Um, it's a nice, nice play. Have a feeling. Russ is dunk. Have a feeling we're gonna have um, we're gonna have uh, a, a little highlight from that coming after this one from from Sean. Yeah, Russ's dunk on Gobert is still arguably the dunk of the year. Yes, absolutely. Especially especially because we have we didn't like see much of that Russ this year as well. Not saying he didn't have it in him, but that yeah yeah go on. Uh, Artie Sanity said, "Next man up award goes to Vogel for benching Russ in the fourth quarter." Let's let's actually let's do the next man up. So, out of the non-Russ, non-LeBron, obviously the 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 360 award went to LeBron. Who was the next man up in this game? Who was the the player who stepped up the most? And chat, let us know who is it. There, I think there's a few options. Malik Monk. Certainly is up there. Malik Monk, Your 21 points, three, three boards, four assists, eight of 12, five of seven from three. Taylor Horton Tucker, 15 points, five, three, and two, two steals, uh, was seven to 16 shooting. You could say Wenyan Gabriel for the energy that he provided. 
Maybe he's in there. Austin Reeves, six for 10, five boards, three assists, one block. Really solid possessions on the or job on the defensive end of the floor. Sean, I'm seeing a few different answers here from the chat. Who are you going with as your next man up? Shout out to a few of those guys. Like Wendy Gabriel deserves a, a mm -hmm. shout out. I thought those 13 minutes were maybe the most well-used 13 minutes by any player tonight in terms of they just he just sold or sold out for that 13 minutes effort-wise. THT had a great game. Austin Reeves, I mean, I can't get that thought of him rotating in perfect wall-up and making Kristaps finish over him. But the answer is Malik Monk. 21 points, plus 17, four assists. Your, your pick pregame for the next Man Up award. And I said this on the on the play-by-play -play broadcast we did. When Malik Monk started to drive and so aggressive, attacking the basket, whether it was making a play for himself or his teammates, that really started to open his, his shot up as well. And that's when Malik Monk becomes so dangerous because it was a stretch where Malik Monk was just deciding, hey, I'm just going to be a shooter. Um, he wasn't as confident, I, I felt, at attacking the basket. When that's really one of his best skill sets, it's his ability to attack the basket, be athletic, uh, finish above the rim, or find teammates. And that's why they run cer certain plays for him to do that. Um, he started off aggressive attacking the basket. And his shot opened up. Malik Monk was just spectacular tonight for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased because he was my pick pregame to <laughs> be the next pick. man up, but, but he was great. And I think it's not just the scoring, it's... Malik Monk is what allowed you to bench Russell Westbrook down the stretch because he was able to be yes. that sometimes primary ball handler, sometimes secondary, his ability to attack out of the pick and roll and then make the right pass out of that, read the floor, make the correct play. That allowed you to bench Russell Westbrook, a ball handler who's really having a tough night. Malik Monk's impact was all over this game, only played 30 minutes, but still was excellent. I liked what we saw from him tonight. So he is my next man up as well. Uh, Tamal Paul mm -hmm. said, since LeBron is now on course to win the scoring title, any idea who holds the current record for the scoring title at the oldest age? That's a good question. Current record for the scoring for scoring title at the oldest age. Where's a uh, stat muse when you need them? That sounds like something they would know. Yeah. That's a really so good who question. Who scored points at the oldest age? Like, who, who who won the scoring title yeah, at the oldest age? I think that's the question. People are saying it's Jordan. Yeah. So the chat's saying Jordan at 35. Was it Jordan? Yeah, that's what the chat's saying. The chat's saying MJ at age 35. Yeah. Okay. It would be interesting. And we've been saying this, like, I mentioned this about a month ago, that if LeBron was getting just his average number of free throws, LeBron would be leading the NBA in score. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah. It wouldn't be close. So right now, right now, Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo are tied at 29.7 points per game. And LeBron... Is that counting tonight? What's that? Yes, that I believe this tonight? is counting tonight. Okay. And LeBron is in third at 29.3 points per game. So he's not far off. He's not far off. He's, he's right yeah. there. A few more... And it, you know, 50 points obviously will help with that. He's not far away from the scoring title. He could potentially win it. Yeah. And if he stays if he stays healthy, he'll be eligible. And, yeah, I mean, he's eligible right now, but, like, health forbidding, he'll be eligible. And uh, he's right there. That'll be an incredible feat. Again, he's 37, and he's on track potentially. Like, and he has a, he has a wide lead, too, for third. Yeah. Like the next closest is Demar, who's a whole point behind him. So um, that that would be awesome if LeBron was able to do that at age thirty-seven. Some people in the chat are saying that LeBron is now tied. So maybe that's not updated. Yeah, I don't think it it's may not be. After, Perhaps, maybe it's not. Yeah. I, I went over to the ESPN one. Let me see. Uh, I'll check uh, NBA.com, which updates a little bit quicker. ESPN usually is updated by now. Oh no, chat is right. LeBron right now is in the lead. He's it, but. You've got three guys who are tied at 29.7. It's LeBron, Embiid, and Giannis, but LeBron is apparently is slightly ahead because he's number one on NBA.com. Okay, there we go. All right, guys. Our, our bad, yep. guys. Our bad. We got it. We got it. All right. LeBron James right now, right now, leading the NBA in scoring. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. 
Uh, let's see here. Adrian said, "If you could, if only if you could win MVP based solely on individual performance." He's tied for first at twenty nine point seven. Yeah, I mean, look, team success has to do with the MVP award. We've mm -hmm. been saying it for a while that if LeBron, if the Lakers were like the three seed or two seed or something, we'd be talking about LeBron in the MVP conversation. That would one hundred percent be a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely, and and like, it's kind of unfortunate, man. LeBron these last three seasons has played at an MVP level. So you have the bubble season where I, I was heavily making argument that LeBron should have been the MVP that year, the, the championship year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, last season, LeBron's probably the MVP of the league until a dude runs up, just falls into his knee. That's 250 pound Solomon dude Hill. that falls into his yep. knee, Solomon Hill. And then this year, the Lakers are a playing team. And like like we, we all acknowledge that the MVP award is unfortunately heavily predicated on team success. And that's why there's only a handful of guys that are really getting consideration right now. The Jamie said LeBron plus the young guys gets it got it done. Absolutely. Uh John Robertson Dow said, Gabriel, hopefully a diamond in the dust. Glad to see some double digit minutes. Yeah, apparently with Dwight being out for this one, that got him those minutes, which is which is certainly nice. Uh, Alan Joseph said, Le Dwight lost his passion after not getting top 75. I don't know about that. I don't mm -hmm. know. I think he's just he's just slowing down a little bit. Uh, John Robertson Dow said, it's because you still need other players banging side by side by Dwight to make him more effective. You won't get that with LeBron and Melo. I don't know. I still Dwight, don't agree with Dwight that. Dwight a couple of years ago was he could be the lone bruiser on the floor and you were, you were okay. I don't know if that's the case this season or not in spurts. We've seen him do it, but not in on night in night out basis so much. Yeah, because, okay. So let, let, let's play hypothetical here again. Like if you at the start of the season, kind of similar they did with AD and DJ, right? But if that's AD and Dwight, nothing much changes because again, it's still at that point in the season, the Lakers are running heavy drop coverage and the biggest way to stop that is why the Clippers have a lot of success against it. And some other teams that really shoot the three ball well is you just can go pick and pop and pick and pop, drop coverage to death, especially if your weak side rotations aren't good enough. So I still don't really agree with that statement. Um, Avi B said, as Stu said, don't help off of Kispert. Is that so hard? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he does is shoot three. So if you help off of him, you're giving him what he wants. Grant legit that the second said it seems like the role Westbrook is in this season is now the role Kuzma had changes on a nightly basis, but Westbrook is not living up to his role. You know, I mentioned this on our, on our live broadcast that Westbrook, we saw him in certain sets acting as more of a, if you want to call it the Kuzma role, that's fine. Uh, I called it the Draymond role. He's off ball. Mm -hmm. He's off ball. Yeah. And then they're, they're hitting him right around the high post and then making him a decision maker, either attack find the pass, whatever you're going to do from there. They're, they're trying everything. This is trying everything to try to figure out some way to make Westbrook work with the Lakers and running him off ball has been one of the things that they've tried. There has been some success with it, but I think it's pretty clear that they still haven't figured out how exactly to make it work. And the answer may very well be just that it can't, that that may be the ultimate answer that it, it simply can't work, but they've tried a lot of stuff and Westbrook off the ball has been one of those things. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know we're very critical of the coaching staff. I've been a little bit more annoyed with the coaching staff as of late, but, you know, give credit where credit is due. They have tried everything. They're throwing everything at the wall just to see what sticks. And so far, the thing that's stuck the most, especially if LeBron or AD is playing, it's let Russ, as Trevor calls it, be the Draymond of the offense. Cutting, uh, being a facilitator and decision maker, um, and, and off-ball screen, so letting him be kind of the Draymond of the offense. So far, that's been what's stuck on the wall the longest, and we'll, we'll see how long that could potentially last. Hector said, this is an open letter to Mr. Westbrook. I feel terrible for you and your family for being disrespected, but go ahead and decline the $47 million money is not everything. <laughs> that's, that's not happening. It's not happening. He's not declining $47 million. That's way too much me. money. He's not going to get that back on the market. Now, what may happen, what may happen if the Lakers don't see a workable trade is 
you ask Westbrook, what do you think you get on the open market? What do you think you get on the open market? And if he says, I get the full mid-level exception from somebody, 10 million. Okay, so let's take that off, right? We'll buy you out. We'll buy you out, knock 10 million off. We'll do a buyout. So instead of 47 million, you're going to take 37 million and we're going to stretch that number. You're going to go sign somewhere for 10 million. And then you're whole, you're getting exactly the same amount of money and you're getting to go somewhere else. And the Lakers are then stretching a smaller figure, which then opens up more money and lessens the pain down the road of having that money, dead money sitting on the books. It's still not ideal to have dead money on your books. Especially after but, finally getting off a little dang this year. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm not saying that this is, you know, solution. Oh, problem solved. It still hurts to have dead money on the books in the future. But that may be the path we head down, depending on how expensive it is to trade Russell Westbrook this offseason. With the current, well, first off, I just want to address that comment because they got me. I thought we were about to get a really nice sentimental comment. And they just flipped <laughs> it. They said, nope, Russ, you can decline that player option. But, Trevor, this one I'm kind of thinking in my head right now is, like, with the current way or that we're assuming the Lakers are projecting forward in the 2023 offseason is going to be a big one. That it seems like they're really eyeing so far Anthony Davis and THT are the only players under contract. That'll probably change in the offseason. But if... Unless in a potential trade where you're trading Russ for a couple of guys to eventually add up to that salary, unless those guys are rather expiring deals or maybe a two-year deal rather, would you rather just consider, you know what, Russ, or what are you worth on the market? Okay, take that off. We'll buy you out and then just stretch that out over the three years. Well, I mean, what do you think? I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be like, I don't think there's... There's going to be pain. Whatever you do in order to yeah. part with Russell Westbrook, there's going to be pain. And it's going to be interesting to see what options are out there. And the Lakers, it's going to be so critical that they pick the right one. And I think for me, I think part of the equation is Malik Monk. Malik Monk is part of yeah. the equation because if Malik Monk have, has offers out there of a full mid-level exception, let's face it, you're going to know going into free agency if those offers are out there for him. If those are out there, that's got to factor in, in your decision. Now, I'm not saying you buy out Westbrook. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Monk makes it worth buying out Westbrook in, compared to trading him. I don't know if it does, but I'm saying it has to be something you consider. Because if you buy out Westbrook, you are at the very least closer to feeling comfortable with using your mid, full mid-level exception and being below that tax line, which means you can trigger that hard cap. Um, and not below the tax line, but below the tax apron, you'll trigger that hard cap. You now have access to your biannual exception as well. And clearing that much of Russ's salary off the books paves the way to do that. So how important is Malik Monk? I think that's going to be a factor too. Now, if you're hearing that Malik Monk doesn't have that option, that full mid-level exception, that deal's not out there for him, and he's going to go somewhere on a taxpayer mid-level, that might change your thinking too. If you've got that to use on, on Malik Monk and he'll stay for that. I think he's going to be a factor in the Russell Westbrook decision, whatever path the Lakers take. I don't think he's going to be a Laker next season. And I'm talking about Russell Westbrook. I don't think he will. The question is what path do the Lakers take to get there? I agree. I don't think he's here. I'll be stunned if he is brought back next season. Joey C Lakers need to get younger. When Westbrook was benched, the young guys got the closing minutes. The energy was great. LeBron feeds off their energy and they feed off his. These guys have something to prove. I mean, in tonight's game, again, I, you can't argue with with what we saw tonight. I, I think there's moments where Russ can still help you, but tonight's game, the younger guys, but that's been most of the season, right? Aside from Carmelo having some games, it's primarily been the younger guys that have stepped up. That's what we've seen this year. Absolutely. Whether it's Austin Reeves in certain games or it's THT, or Malik Mock, obviously, you know, some of these other guys, the young guys have gone good minutes. I mean, Stanley, give him some credit as well. It's been the young guys who, for the most part, made the biggest difference outside of the stars. I mean, I mean, Trevor, we talked about this, I feel like, for hours at this point this season. The older vets have not contributed that much outside of Carmelo Anthony and, and I guess maybe DJ Augustine in a short time with the Lakers so far, but... Like it's been a guy like a Wendy Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, THT, Monk. It's been those young guys that really 
gotten a lot of minutes is because they bring the effort every mm-hmm. single game. Yeah, and that absolutely matters. I mean, it sounds so simple. I mean, why why it, they're it really successful does. because they try. <laughs> but seriously, like look at look at every game they've won. Yeah. And tell me if the Lakers have won a game this season where they were not the team that played with the most effort. You can't find one. Or, yeah. or, or even like just down the stretch in a game where the Lakers did not play with the most effort. They're, they're not good enough to do that. There's teams yeah. that are. There's teams that are good enough to kind of yeah. slack and, and still get a win. But the Lakers aren't. To have to do it, yeah. Lakers' margin of error is so small. Here's something that we don't hear often. Mark Polo Corleone said with a super chat said, I thought the coaching was really good. The best coaches treat each game like a relay race. You have to keep fresh bodies in, keep the stars fresh for the fourth. Did somebody just give Frank vocal credit? Yeah, that happened. That happened. Wow. I don't disagree. I thought that I thought again, I thought the big decision to, to keep Russ out of the fourth was the correct one. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he got that right. I thought, most of the there were some moments where we got mellow at center and those minutes are never something that i enjoy seeing but for the most part i thought the lakers did well and i thought tonight we called this out a lot on the live broadcast i felt like the lakers ran more sets than they have in in past games felt like the lakers were were running more stuff than on the offensive end than we typically see them do and I, and even when they weren't running like actual sets, I feel like this is maybe the first time this season where outside of when LeBron was just saying, give me the ball, I'm going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of those minutes or whatever, or those shots, for the most part, there wasn't very many like stagnant possessions. Like there was a lot better movement mm-hmm. offensively. Again, off ball cutting. And I, I, I hope, I don't know who the Lakers video coordinator is, and by the way, that's a very important, underrated job. Please, please, please shove this game and just like take out every single cut that led to a basket and shove it into every player's face and shove it into the coaching staff's face. Please, because seriously, when you get some off-ball movement, you're even even if it's an isolation set, mm-hmm. you get some off-ball movement, the defense now has to react. And, and LeBron's such a smart passer and smart player. That maybe he's eyes on looking to score. Oh, you said a, a hammer screen. Oh, okay, bet Malik Monk is open for a three now. So, yeah, I, I thought the offense was a lot better, and I think I think Frank Vogel had a good game, a good coaching game. His rotations were a lot better too. I felt so. I'm pleased with the way Vogel coached tonight. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. John Robinson Dow said the Lakers have lots of players that can attack the basket off the dribble, but they don't cut to the basket when they're off the ball. That was something that we saw improve, particularly late in the game. We saw some more off-ball cuts, and it mattered. Uh, Edward Nguyen said Russ was out of the game, and they let THT get a feel with the ball. Monk can play off anyone, but Russ, he's a plug-and-play expert. Uh, LeBron and Russ are oil and water. Oh, can play off anyone but Russ. Monk can play off anyone except for Russ. He is a plug-and-play expert. Uh, LeBron and Russ are oil and water. I mean, yeah, look, so far, the question coming into the season was, skill set-wise, on paper, LeBron and Westbrook together doesn't doesn't make sense. doesn't work. Can the, just the talent win out over fit? So far, the answer's been, been no. The answer's been no. Yeah, and I mean, like, you look at scouts and, you know, anonymous GMs in front office, people around the league, They'll even say, like, okay, we didn't think it would work, but we didn't think it would be this bad. And, again, like the Lakers have shown, again, when they play the hardest, they all, like, again, just find me a game where they played the hardest and they didn't win. And like, and, like you said, the margin of error is just too small to not play with effort in a game to try to win. And, again, tonight, I don't think Russ played with enough effort. And I think him missing a lot of those layups kind of affected his effort and just energy as a whole. Um, so... Yeah. Red Cloud said, imagine Russ on the second unit full time. He'd be unstoppable there. No second unit in the NBA can handle his explosion and energy. Lakers would have offensive consistency. You would think, except that wasn't the case. We saw it stretch at the end of the third. LeBron goes out. Russ is in there. Wizards started catching up. Got pretty bad for for a bit there. Russ started taking Dirk one-legged fadeaway banks oh, bank shots yeah um, and again i don't mean to pile on westbrook too much this wasn't a good game for him but 
I'm saying that that line of thought, it makes sense. Yeah, hey, run yeah. Russ with a second unit. And if LeBron's not in, Russ, here's the ball, go. That was part of the idea coming in, was finally the Lakers aren't going to fall to pieces when LeBron's off the floor because Russell Westbrook can run the offense. It hasn't always worked out that way. And it, again, it does make sense when you look at things on paper. It should work. But we've seen numerous occasions this season where Russ has had the chance to go on his own, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't. It's worked sometimes, yeah, I mean, too, at, but, yeah. Yeah, like, look at the Hornets game. It, 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 There's been cases where it's worked, but I'm, I'm glad you brought up that stretch to start the fourth quarter where, I mean, we, we were on the live broadcast saying, okay, Frank, call timeout, please. Um, because, like, Russ was just shooting bad shots. He wasn't being locked in defensively. And, again, we're not, I'm not here to pile on Russ or whatever. He hasn't been that good this season, but um, – it just wasn't a good game for him, and and that's really as like bare knowledge you could say or whatever. Like it was a good Russell Westbrook game, and you can honestly leave it at that without having to go too deep into it. This is an interesting one. Question says: Would you do Russell Westbrook for Kristaps Porzingis and Fillers? The Wizards fan base was one fan base that I found that was not opposed to bringing back Russell Westbrook. Now, in most of the scenarios, this was a bought-out Russell Westbrook. They were okay with bringing him back in. But he did have some some success there last year. I don't think the Wizards want to move on from Porzingis just yet. But Porzingis and stuff, whatever those, just just assume neutral value contracts thrown in. No, it's not going to be cool. If it was, then yes, that would be an easy yes. But, but Porzingis and stuff for Westbrook. Now, I should mention, Porzingis, his contract goes two more seasons. So one more season past Russ's. Russ has $47 million next year. Porzingis is 38, or I'm sorry, $34 million next year. So Russ is going to make considerably more. But then he has a player option for 2023-24. So an extra season on there. Would you, would you do that? I think it really depends on what the stuff is. Um, but no. I mean, again, if it's Kuz, yeah. But it really depends on what the extra stuff is. Um, eh, it would be an interesting fit for sure. I mean, you can have a, a big, just, oh man, just think about potential like Malik Monk mm-hmm. or LeBron and uh, Porzingis picking pops. Those, those would be Those would be scary for sure. And then I guess maybe having... Porzingis could allow AD to feel more comfortable in his natural position or what he feels is his natural position and play the four. So I don't know. It's an interesting one. It, it, I'm What would really sell me or tell me no is uh, what the extra stuff is mm-hmm. in that deal. I think it depends on how sold the Lakers are on having cap space mm-hmm. that next season. I think that Porzingis is easier to move at 33 million mm-hmm. than it is to move Russell Westbrook at 47. I mean, that part of that is just math. So kind of duh there, but uh, I mean, is Porzingis going to stay healthy? Probably not. He hasn't anywhere. Yeah. So is there a point where you can't move him because he's hurt? I don't know. You may not. The point is you might be locked into another bad contract for a year longer. If you've got Porzingis. Yeah. Could be. It's going to be tough though. Could be. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Or it could work out or it could work out. It's interesting. It's something that I would definitely spend some more time thinking about. Uh, Mamba mentality, we lose leads when Braun, Russ, and Mello are on the floor. Well, you've got three of the older players. Okay. That's not what almost lost them to lead this game. What lost them to lead was that lineup to start the fourth. Mm -hmm. And, like, we we were saying on the broadcast. It was nervous time. They stopped playing. Nervous time. They stopped playing defense, and there was four straight bad possessions offensively. And then it finally got down to two. Frank called timeout. We were saying a possession too late, but that's being nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that trio didn't lose him the game. Um, it, it was more so of a whole lineup that almost lost him the game or, or made things a little bit more nerve-wracking. If you had, and this just, I'm still on that trade. If you had AD and Porzingis together, how many games would you get with them both on the floor in a season? <laughs> Are we being optimistic? Both, both of them on the floor. Over under 25? I mean, you'd have to, like, really? You'd have to... 
You'd have to think about that. You'd have to think about that. Uh, RVB, Reeves cutting was awesome. Big plays, yeah. has heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to get to the master lock. So here we're going to do one more super chat and we're going to get to the master lock. Gabriel Paget, I'm a big Laker fan. This is a huge win for my team. LeBron James, 50 points, energy and effort. It was needed all the time. Glad Vogel took Russ out. Yep. Yep. Agree with all of that. Oh, Courtney323 said, I'll drive Russ to LAX myself for Porzingod. All right. Courtney323 is in on it. Oh, man. He's in on it. Oh, Scott Moore said, thank you for your show and James Worthy getting us through these dark days. What's a good nickname for today's closing lineup? If they were a 90s rap group, they would be called LBJ and the Frat Boys. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, LeBron's Daycare. LeBron's Daycare. LeBron, <laughs> Le 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 LeBron, who's just like the old dad or whatever, and he's just babysitting a, uh, a bunch of younger guys on the floor. <laughs> oh, man. I was trying to think, because, you know, have you seen the movie like Daddy's Daycare yeah, or whatever? Yep. With, uh, yeah. Like, that was the first movie that came to my mind. <laughs> I'm sure we could crowdsource it and come up with, like, a, with a good name for it. But we'll see if that winds up being the, the closing group, the anti-Russ lineup. Some people asking for an Anthony Davis update. There is none. We specifically asked for one. Frank Vogel said nothing. We got nothing. All right. He's a ways away. The master lock of the night. Let's do it. Our good friend Chris the Masterpiece Masters his finishing hold in the wrestling ring is the Master Lock. So we take whatever was the most annoying thing from the game and we put it in the Master Lock. Sometimes it's a Laker. Sometimes it's an opponent. Sometimes it's a referee, a concept even. Chat, let us know. Coming in from YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. What would you put in the Master Lock from this game? Fired off. I'm already seeing a lot of responses. Sean, what's getting your master lock? I'm struggling with this one, man. I'm actually curious what yours is because I mean, we, I mean, we had a great, we had a great mm -hmm. stream with a lot of the people that were over there. Lakers got a comfortable win. Yeah, I'm curious what yours is. I'm struggling a little bit. It's not, it's not Kuzma. It's not Kuzma. He missed all those <laughs> free throws for us. It's not KCP right. who didn't shoot that well. Um, I think it's it's got to be Russ. Russ, I mean, this was a bad. Bad night. Somebody said Kuz free throws. No, those those free throw misses helped those us. Helped us. Um, I'm going to go Russ. I think Russ gets the master lock. This was a, a poor performance from him. If LeBron doesn't go nuts, maybe you, you lose this game, and then we'd be be even more critical of Russ. This was a bad night. For, I'm sure if you asked Russell Westbrook, he would tell you this was a bad night. This is a really bad night for him. Uh, the nine assists were something, and Frank Vogel highlighted that in his post game, from what I'm seeing from the quotes, because that's Frank Vogel. That's the the strategy that he takes. Uh, in terms of how he relates to his players and all of that. But not a good night for Russell Westbrook overall. Shooting the ball, even from the free throw line. Again, five points, two of 11 shooting, 0 for 1 from 3, 1 of 4 from the free throw line. It's just, It was a rough outing. It was a rough outing. Hopefully he's better next game, but I think that is a master lock worthy game from Russ. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. I'm trying to think of some other stuff here and get really nitpicky just to see if I could come up with something else. I mean, I can't. I, I really can't. I, I don't think Russ. We've talked about it on end here so far in this post game show, but Russ wasn't good. This was one of his not. This was one of his bad games mm -hmm. this season. Um, outside of his passing ability, and, and honestly, just watching the game, Trevor. If you didn't tell me or if I didn't look at the stat sheet, they had nine assists. I wouldn't have guessed he had nine assists. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't a good Russell Westbrook game, and I guess maybe this is a positive. I mean, not, not positive that Russ had a bad game, but a positive that I'm having outside of that. There's not much I can really complain about tonight. Mm -hmm. I, I loved our effort. Um, I'm really pleased with the way the offense looked for the first time in forever. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it has to be Russ and, and his performance tonight. Lords of the Sky, we'll finish with this with a super chat. Said, Shout out to Lakers Nation. Love the two for one tonight, Trevor and Sean. Thank you. We did do a pregame show tonight. We did a, during the game, we did a live broadcast for those of you who were able to join us for that. That was a lot of fun. And then we did the postgame show. It's been a long night for us. Yeah. Let's wrap things up there. Appreciate all of you for joining us. It's a nice Friday night. The Lakers get the win to head into the weekend. Thank you, Lakers Nation, for coming in and joining us tonight. Appreciate all the comments, all the super chats. Truly, we, we really are thankful for all of you out there. 
Make sure you are subscribed to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're not already, turn on those notifications as well. And the LakersNation.com podcast. Do me a favor. Go go toss a review to the LakersNation.com podcast over on Apple Podcast. Five stars preferably. Help us out there. It really does help with that. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would certainly appreciate that as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.